Yo, it's Andy from the Banks Fit Podcast, and I am joined today with a special guest, Drew Wilson from Jill Fitness. And today we're going to be talking about probably the most pressing thing that's going to be coming up soon in fitness is New Year's resolutions um, and about kind of the mistakes that people make um, when they set a New Year's resolution and want to throw themselves into health and fitness after they've ate all the pies, had all the pudding and drank all the wine. So, Drew, how's it going, man? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Excited to get stuck in. Awesome. So, if you could, could you just kind of summarise who you are, what you do, who's your, who is your daddy? <laughs> what does he do? No, but uh, fellas, I'm not on, you know, your background, what you do, um, what Geo Fitness is all about. Will do. So first off, before we start, I just want to clarify, this is not my bedroom that I'm sitting in right now. This is actually my first toy room, just in case you're wondering. Before you put on, I was like, where is he? And then I was like, ah, it's daughter's bedroom? It's, the, it's my daughter's bedroom, yeah. She's and you, it's not a bedroom, it's, a, it's, a toy, it's just a toy room. Toy room. Toy room. So how, how, many, um, how many kids have you got, Drew? One. Just one. I have, I have oh, seen, I've seen you on Facebook, I've stalked you on Facebook, but <laughs> I couldn't work it out if you just get one daughter, one daughter, cool. And how's that? So my daughter's 16 months, what age is your daughter? She's five going on 40. Five going on 40. She's an absolute diva. <laughs> um, but no, she's a, she's a good kid. That's kind of why we do what we do, and we do it for, for them. So it's awesome. Love it. Love being a dad, but yeah. Hard work though, right? No, <laughs> I, I, work, I, I work in the fitness industry. I'm never at home. <laughs> a I'd like to say the same. No. So, um, yeah. So, you know, what what are you about? What what's your background? So, um, I've been in the fitness industry for about twenty years. Um, so, I started as a as a fitness instructor, as we all used to do um, back in the day before you could just do your PT qualification and just jump straight into be a PT. Um, I sort of worked my way through various different gyms um, over the course of sort of 10 years before I started my own business um, and sort of earned the right, I guess, to, to be a personal trainer. Um, I, I, sort of, I met my business partner, Lorena, about eight years ago. Uh, I was just going to some of her sessions that she was doing and stuff like that. And I think we kind of bounced off each other quite well. And we just decided that maybe we could do something a bit different. And the whole Joe Fitness thing was born. And our sort of concept at the time was everyone was doing like a fitness class with like 50 people in it, which is great financially for that person for the hour or whatever else. But we kind of thought we could bring something different in terms of like, yes, it may be higher priced, but we could drop the numbers right down and have two of us coaching a session, which meant that the quality or the service was maybe a little bit better. Um, so that's the kind of where the Joe Fitness thing came from and how it was born. And we did that for a couple of years, just um, sort of roundabout, like kind of what you do, outdoors, indoors, various different venues, until we eventually found a venue, um, which was like a, it was basically like six porter cabins put together and we were there for three years and it served as well until we moved to our current facility. So... Um, yeah, now, we, now we're just sort of predominantly like a, a group strength and conditioning based facility. Quite recently moved to like really small group uh, and after Christmas semi-private, um, just with the way things are sort of moving in terms of the current climate and the way things are. And yeah, I say that, but when will we open again? Who knows? But uh, yeah, so, but yeah, so been in the industry a long time and so I've just 
changed fields as it, as it, as it went along and kind of found my way into the sort of strength conditioning side and, and yeah, love it. And we predominantly sort of train probably most of our clients are like ladies from the sort of 25 to late 40s mm-hmm. um, are where most of our clients lie. We try to train some guys as well, but that's kind of the majority of where our focus lies in terms of I think we help. So. I was talking to... Um... I've talked to a lot of trainers about this, I think. As coaches, we, I think most coaches, I'm not saying all coaches, because there's guys that specialise in men, but most coaches tend to find that they mainly coach women. Um, And I think it speaks volumes about the ego of men. Like, (laughs) men just do not like taking advice. Like, and I totally, I totally understand it. Because, like, when I started out going to the gym, if I knew what I knew now, I'd have a total different perspective at 18. Like when I was 18, I first got into the gym and I was just like, so headstrong. Like I just wanted to learn how to do it myself. Wanted to just get in about it. Um, guys would suddenly, like, older guys would suddenly come to me like, oh, you're going to hurt your back doing that or this is this. And I'd just be like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> and I just assumed that like all guys that were trying to give me advice were in the same camp. I was like, I'm just going to work this out myself, which was, it's probably quite beneficial in some ways, but it's also, it, it slows down your ability to grow, doesn't it? Like, just not being able yeah. to take on some advice and some coaching. Whereas women, in general, seem to be that much more open to like getting uh, advice, especially when it comes to fitness. So um, I think that's why coaches tend to find, especially when you do group training, if you do mixed group training, it tends to be predominantly uh, women that turn up. Yeah, totally agree. Like, the... Um... The guys that you do get, that do come through the net, they do kind of slip through the net, if you like, and, and they, they have that different mindset and they, they do want to reach out for help. They do tend to be like really, really good quality in terms of like how willing they are to learn and how willing they are to develop and grow, though, which is a really good thing as well. So, um, but you, I mean, you see, I, I was the same, exactly the same as you. It took me a long time to realize that if I wanted to get anywhere in my business life or in my fitness life or in any part of my life, really, I had to have someone who was way beyond me to learn from, to listen to. And most of that time I've had to pay, like the same as people pay us for our skills and our abilities. Like uh, um, I was kind of, I've always like believed that you need to sort of find someone who's beyond like where you are. And guys find that generally quite difficult. And it's only really been the last sort of three or four years. I think that that depends a lot on where your brilliance lies. Like I tend to feel that I'm quite uh I was talking about it before we started the podcast like um quite so like if you've got organized on the left and you've got like chaos on the right I lean more towards chaos right <laughs> call myself organized chaos because I am somewhat organized but in a chaotic manner but you also get I suppose people that are quite innovative quite creative um and sort of like the kind of folk that like try different things out. And, but the other, the other side of that is that they're the kind of people who maybe um, don't stick to things for a huge length of time, get bored really quick, move on really quick. And I would say like I'm chaos and organized, um, but also like the kind of person that like just sticks to my guns. Like I just stick to things. If it's working, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like I'll just stick to the same approach. Um, which means that oftentimes I need, you're talking about, I need from a business perspective, from a fitness perspective, I need someone who's like 
10 steps ahead of me who's maybe had either they've had the innovative creative input or they've got it themselves they've got that brilliance themselves so that i can see them as like a guiding light put the hustle in and follow them yeah um, and i think that's you just find out your unique abilities like what you are what you're going to be good at and what you're going to be able to do you know? I know, I totally agree. Yep, and the things that like I've always found that I'm quite like I'm creative. Like that's that's where I, that's where I align. It's, it's why, why our business works so well because I'm creative. My business partner Lorraine is like she's like proper structured, organized, financial head, all the important stuff that generally us guys don't have. But um, I kind of find that I because I'm creative and a bit like chaotic. I guess like you're saying, um, I need someone there to kind of hold me accountable, and I think that's quite important as well because like. I'm a PT, I'm a gym owner, I've been in this industry for 20 years, but I can openly admit that I'm not very good at the whole keeping myself accountable thing and I need someone else there. The same as like people hire us to be accountable to them, for them to be accountable to us at the same time as well, it's important um, to have that person that you can that you can look at and it doesn't have to be just to teach you how to squat or whatever that may be. There's, all, there's other aspects to all this journey that's really important as well. So, so on that, let's, let's bring it back. So what I suppose got you started in the fitness industry? Like what what sparked your interest? Why did you pursue a career in it? Was it by accident or was it like a meaningful like you you know dive in and be like this is that this is what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna own a gym at the start, or did you you know how did how did it get started? So <laughs> I I'm never gonna be a PT or a person that will sugar quote a story or tell you some dramatic thing that makes you go oh, this is amazing i chose the route of health and fitness at college because it was easy like no joke like that's why i did it like i left school after doing exams and all sorts and i thought you know what i cannot be asked doing more exams and more i was like oh i just learned some exercise stuff this would be an absolute doddle i didn't think for a second i was going to make a career out of it i just wanted an easy couple of years and i wanted my parents off my back so um turns out i quite liked doing it <laughs> um did my two years at college, went to uni, um, straight into like third year at uni, did that, did my PT qualification over the over the course and then just landed in the gym. Like at the time that I decided that I was going to do health and fitness, I was working at McDonald's, which was like quite amusing. I wish I still worked there now that we I had that chat about the Big Macs. I, and that stuff. Yeah. I did McDonald's before I went to uni uh, at 17. And a funny story on this, right, just to interject. So <laughs> Go for it. I basically... I landed the job at McDonald's, right? And I went for the interview. And, you know, 17, knew, I knew I was going, I think, no, I might have been 17, I was turning 18. Doesn't matter, right? I was going to uni and I knew I was going to uni in September. And then I went for this job in the spring. So I went to the interview. And obviously, you're not going to say to the guy, oh, yeah, like, I'm just doing this as a little stopgap to get some money for me to go on holiday in the summer. <laughs> so, and then I'm going to go to uni. So I, you know, pleaded that I wanted to work for McDonald's. It was like my life ambition to work there. I wanted to make cheeseburgers. I'm really sorry if anyone's listened to this and that is your life ambition because you go for it. <laughs> so gave him the whole, you know, the whole story. Landed the job. Um, and then this is a bit of a piss head, right? I got into a fight with someone. I made a play fight. It wasn't like I was like scrapping properly. And I punched him in the elbow, broke my thumb, and then basically went off sick from McDonald's. And during that time, I also went off to uni. So I was minted. Like, I went off to uni, and I was getting yeah. sick to off McDonald's. 
I was getting my student loan. <laughs> it's the most mint I've ever been. No car. My parents were like, you know, helping me with money for food because I was like, yeah. oh, no. I got no money because I'd spent it all on booze. But um, yeah, good times. But Aye, I loved it. My, my social life was never better. When I, when I went yeah. back, <laughs> the manager of the McDonald's, like, remember I used to come back to Kelly? And she used to just give me this the stare of death. She just hated me because she just knew what I'd done. Like I just, just went off <laughs> sick pay for like three or four months whilst that, you know. Um right, awesome. Sorry. Anyway, sorry, yeah. so you worked at, you worked at McDonald's, battling myself and and then Yeah, that's where it started. That's where it started. Um and yeah, I just kind of found myself in, into health and fitness just because I was looking for an easy route of higher education, if I'm being honest. Like I wasn't, there wasn't like any miraculous, um, like thinking that I wanted to help all these people and all that. I just literally wanted an easy life for a couple of years and that's kind of what I got, I guess. Um, but I kind of realized as I started sort of working my way through various different aspects of fitness, like I then realised that I did have a passion for helping people. I had a bit of a skill for speaking to people and um, and kind of relating to what they were going through and stuff like that. And that's kind of where it developed, I guess. Um, yeah, and just, it took me a long time. Like, I'll, I see PTs now and they do their qualification. Like, they've done their qualification. Like, the next day, like, I'm a PT. Come and pay me 25 quid. And I'm like, wow. Like, I probably didn't have that realisation that I was a PT until I'd been in the industry for maybe 10, 12 years, maybe, until I thought, do you know what? Like, I I know some, I know some stuff here, do you know what I mean? Um, so it took me a long time. Uh, but I then started to realise that the creative side was more for me and that training people directly wasn't where I saw myself long-term. Long like, I didn't want to be like... A, some people have that dream of being like a PT and still being on the gym floor at like 50, 60, 70-year-old. I've always been the one that's kind of looked a bit more to the future. And for me, like, the creative side is where I... I like to lie and that's when I realized I was going to have to not just be like a have a job like a PT like um I'm a firm believer in the whole like if you're a PT exchanging time for money you have a job like if you want to sort of get more or, or move on to other things um in other directions in a business then you need to have a team and that's when it started like the sort of the sort of penny dropped if you like and realized that I was going to have to start a business. I was going to have to hire a team. I was going to have to have someone that could do all the stuff that I was crap at, which was like literally almost the full side of the business. <laughs> um, and I could then just then move on to, to what I was good at and the creative side of things. So that's kind of where we're at now. Um, but where we were at <laughs> 10 months ago um, and where obviously we're working to get back to. Now that's the kind of plan, like we said earlier. <laughs> well, I, you know what? The fitness industry has been through a tough year and in fact most industries have been through a really really tough year this year mm. um but you know if you manage to come through this i think for anyone in any industry if you manage to get through this and you manage to survive then in the future you will thrive because you've stood up against a, a real challenge and had the resilience to to sort of take it on the chin uh, and, yeah. and basically come through it. and 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 then when it hits Easy street, if you want to like call it that, um, you'll find it that much easier because yeah. you've you've had it tough. No, I totally agree because like we've and we've both had the same business coach at some point, so yeah. um, still got them. Just kind of know that now, now, still, still there, you're still there. So um, now that you know like how that thing should be structured and how it should look, 
like you're set up so well for the future. And if I would say, like, I see if there's any PTs or gym owners like listening that haven't thought about the numbers and haven't thought about but those things like are really important. Like the money you're taking in from a PT client, that's not your money. Like it's not like maybe one third of that is actually your money to take home. Like the rest of that money is in your business. And if you're set up really well with it and you, and you come through this, really, you're going to be in a really strong position at the other side. I think it's really. 100%. We have been smashed. Like, we've been smashed in the balls. Like, that, there's no denying it. Like, we have uh, been absolutely destroyed this year. We all have. But, I yeah, think, we're um, only going to come out better. Just to, to jump in, because it was, it was kind of jumping out of my head. Like, this is, I don't know if you, you probably, you might agree with us, right? Let's see. But in terms of the fitness industry, I think a real issue with the fitness industry is how it's structured. And what I mean by that is, so at the moment, you have gyms, right? Big commercial gyms like the gym group and Pure Gym, which I am not like speaking out against them because I worked in the gym group for a very long time and, and managed to build a business from it. But that's how I see it. So you've got the big commercial gyms who profit, and I'll explain how. And you've got the PT educators who profit. And then you have almost the people who come into the industry who are almost like the victims of the industry, right? Because how it works, for anyone less than right, who doesn't understand, maybe doesn't even know much about the fitness industry, that's just kind of how it works. So young person, maybe not that young, decides to have a career change or decides this is going to be their career. Um, they see an advert, it's like, hey, do you want to be a personal trainer in six weeks? Um, you only have to do it on the weekends, level two, level three, 2,000 pounds, 3,000 pounds, whatever it is, right? And you can earn up to you know, so they'll usually say like 30 grand a year or 30k plus. And that person then goes and does the training course, does it in six weekends, which you know as well, Drew, it's, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> to think that someone is able to go out there and coach folk to transform their lives, right? With just six weekends or, or whatever it is. Right? I think I did mine honestly in six weekends, but before that I did my sports science degree. So they go and get that. Then there's commercial gyms who are just ready to scoop these people up because you go in and they're like, Oh, do you want to pay 500 pounds a month rent? Or how would you like to do 10 hours for the gym, cleaning the gym, doing classes, and doing inductions? Um, and therefore, most people will say, well, I don't have 500 quid to pay a month, so I'll give you 10 hours. So they're basically doing slave labour, So because they're doing like 43 hours a month. Um, and it's sometimes, I think when I started, it was more than it was 15 hours a week. So you're like getting less than minimum wage when you worked out. Um, yeah. And so the educators have won, because they're up three grand. The commercial gyms won, because that's now got free staff. And the person getting burned is the actual trainer. And you could arguably say that the clients that go to the trainer are getting burned as well because they're being trained by someone who potentially doesn't really have the education to get that person to the result, you know? And how do you solve that? I don't, I, I don't have the answer to how you solve that. Like, it just, it is what it is. No, I don't know how you solve it, like, but... Like we deliver, we deliver level two and level three. And um, we've got a training partner, Bodycore, who we deliver the qualifications for at the gym. And we've trained our full team, but we've never trained our team in six weeks. Like that's insane. Like it's like some I, of the it was literally I did mine so fast. Like we're six weekends. I'm pretty sure it was six weekends. It was a mm -hmm. um, accelerated level two and level three, and yeah. there was people that completed the course with me 
that I wouldn't let train my granny. You know, but yeah. So like we, our course, we we do we say twelve weeks minimum, but we then set, put them on to like an internship and in the, on the gym floor with shadow and coaching with and in, like interacting with people, all that kind of stuff way before they even sit a level three exam. Like um, all that kind of stuff is involved in the whole qualification. Even it's like them doing it in six weeks, right? It's not the problem. I think the problem to me, it's not. If I was getting into it, it's not really the educator. It's that there's not a bridge between a good proper bridge between educator and self-employed PT. It's kind of like ride or die. Like just like, you know, these people just get dropped off and it's like, right, go and work in it. Like their option is go and work in a gym. Like most of the time, like, yeah, they can get fits and short jobs and stuff, but there's just, there's not that many anymore because most gyms want self-employed PTs that they can use. Yeah for free so it's very hard for these people to get experience and then they're just like instantly thrown into a gym environment um, next to folk like myself or, or some of my colleagues who have maybe been doing it for like five years or whatever and they're like right what do i do and you're like what do you do like there's like a million things you need to learn <laughs> within the next within the next and, and then they'll say stuff like oh this has got to make me this amount of money so I can pay my rent within the next three months. And you're like, dude, <laughs> dude that's so much pressure to put on yourself. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just think it's a tough, it's a tough industry. Yeah, I don't think there's like really, there's not, there's not really a, I've not, not thought of a solution of how that, that, how that could potentially change. I mean, our team, as I say, we've trained them all in house. It didn't take six weeks. It took a long time. It took a lot of mentoring and and shadowing and all, on 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 flow experience. Then and all you're that like the bridge, stuff. right? You're the bridge because you're like you're educating them, but you're also saying, "Hey, yeah. we're gonna like help you to actually. We're gonna we're gonna bring you clients. Yeah, we're gonna manage you. We're, you know what I mean? We're gonna look after you. Yeah. So that to exactly. me, but there's not what you're doing. There's not enough of those kind of yeah. There's not enough, there's not enough of those. Hundred percent. Like the yeah. girl I've got that works. That's the thing. Like. The PTs yeah. are churning. Yeah, so on you go. The, the girl I've got that works for me is like an ex-client who just went and done a course. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, like I've sort of brought her under my wing and sort of um, she's been amazing. Like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she's been really good, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I mean is like for people who don't have that, like who don't have a Drew, right? And don't have a me, like it's it's tough. Like you're, especially at this time, like people just <laughs> passing now is like, phew. um, because when I came yeah. into it, you, <laughs> when I came into it, there wasn't as much of established businesses either. Like there's a lot more people, actual established personal training businesses than there was when I started seven yeah. years ago. Um, so bit of a sidetrack. Like but, I don't remember, like. Sorry, I, I don't remember like the, the small gym th- culture. Like I don't remember it when I was starting. Like I don't. It was always just big box gyms. It was nothing. Now I think it is good. I think we're moving in the right direction. That's a good thing. So, yeah, definitely. So let's get let's get on to the topic that we're supposed to be talking about today. Because I'm just finding oh, I'm just happens. I'm just going to a million uh, sidetrack. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Okay, so you know, time of year. It's twenty second December. It's Christmas is literally just coming. Um, I think folk are probably going to drink more and eat more than they ever have over Christmas um, because they're not going to get to go out and about. They're not going to get to see a lot of their friends, some of their families as well. So people and people are going to want to have that light at the end of the tunnel. 
um, for 2021. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be like, right, I want to get on this health kick. I want to sort myself out. Next year is my year. So what I want to ask you is like, what are the sort of common, the most common mistakes you see people make as they come into new year in health and fitness? So yeah, what are the most yeah. common? So I have like this massive bugbear, right? Like, I, I have a total dislike for this trans 30 day transformation thing. Like I just, I have a total bugbear about it. I just don't like it. I don't like the way that it sets people up to fail. Not, not, not all people, because some people have that really sort of that mindset, like you were talking about earlier, that they, they can just literally stick to something and that's it. That's what they do. That's the plan. There's not many people like it. And it's, as it sets a lot of people up to fail. So for me, the biggest mistake people do is they want to change everything straight away. So they want to go like, right, I'm on it. Like, so, they probably don't go on the 1st of January because they're still hungover and they've still got lots of stuff to eat. But probably by about the 4th of January, they're like, like, right, okay, this is it. I'm on it now. So there's no chocolate. There's no crisps. There's no pizza. There's no beer. There's no wine. There's no fun. <laughs> like, there's literally, like, no life. I am on it. And now I'm going to the gym five times a week and I'm doing this. And it's just, like, too much all in the one go. For me, like, no matter, no matter what time of year it is, like, when we bring a client in, and they're like, right, what do I do with my nutrition? What do I do with this? And I'm like, you don't do anything right now. You get to the gym, come to your sessions three times a week. When we've got that, we'll then add something on. When we've got that, we'll then add something else on. And we just layer it and layer it and layer it until everything just becomes like natural rather than just this whole stop. Tomorrow you stop everything and you're eating chicken, rice, broccoli three times a day, training five times a week until you spew. And then two weeks later, you just go, ah, oh, stuff it. This is not for me. I'm never going to lose weight. I hate myself. So, yeah. Truthful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. Always for me. 100%. I think we're probably in the same thought process here as well. Like, it, it's not about, like, obviously, I, I run a six-week challenge, right? Yeah. Why do I run a so six-week So do we. So do we. Yeah. Why do I run a six-week challenge? Simple, because it's a short-term commitment. Right, and people can see themselves doing it. If you say, you know, if you say to some someone, "Hey, do, do you want to come and join Banks for for the six month transformation?" People are like, um, six months, like this no. big ass commitment, and also don't know if I'm gonna like it. Don't know if it's gonna be for me, and there's just a million objections. Whereas if you say, "Hey, six weeks," people can get behind that, um, you know, yourself, and they can see themselves doing six. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I suppose it's... And we do 21 days. We don't like we don't promise you're going to lose five stone in 21 days, but it's 21 days for the same reason. But, it's only three weeks. I can commit to that, no problem. And that's when the, the coaching comes in and the, the helping change that mindset of where their direction is going to be in their goal setting. I feel like it, it's almost like a sort of really moral bait and switch tactic <laughs> like, like it really is like it's like hey yeah. come to my six week challenge and like <laughs> wait and like get in shape and then once you get people in you're like hey by the way six weeks is not <laughs> enough time like really you need to think about a lifestyle yes. overhaul uh, but gradually people come round to the idea when they start to see the results over the six weeks they're like right this mm -hmm. makes much more sense because everything they've done in the past is as you say it's been like you know, shake diet. I'm just going to do shakes for the next two weeks and drop 10 pounds or, you know, Slim World or Weight Watchers where they just gamify weight loss or um, 
you know, going to the, every class that was ever invented in one week at the gym. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just changing people's approach and, and minds is very much. Um, it's like trying to get people to enjoy the process because enjoying the process is ultimately what's going to serve someone long term. Yeah, like yeah, sounds yeah. The most totally. people you say that to them, like you need to enjoy exercise. Like I fucking hate it, <laughs> no. and I and I hate diet. And you're like, that's because you're when you think about exercise and you think about dieting, you think about hardcore you. Like at like 21, when you were going to hold and you're like, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds in the next six weeks and I'm gonna starve myself. You're like, you need to get that. That needs to change. It needs to be like train three times a week with a moderate to high intensity. <laughs> and eat is that, is that is that enough that's not enough surely yeah that's like just yeah. so i think well, like then, the, the whole like for me it's like the most important word is probably patience and i get it like especially i train majority of the time women and, and ladies want to be somewhere really quickly all the time um in general they're like this is where i want to be i'm going to hold in two weeks i want to lose two stone and fit in this bikini and feel amazing and then what what I always kind of try to get people to do eventually, not initially, because you need to kind of gauge the person as well, is just take a little bit of responsibility. So like thinking of where you're at right now, why you're there, how long it took you to get there in the first place, take responsibility for it, and then just kind of shut it in a box and let's get rid of it and then move forward. And then we need to be patient because it, it took you time to get to where you're at with your weight and the shape and how you feel and your confidence level and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to take you time to get away from that and to get to the higher end of the scale again and, and feel a lot better about yourself so trying to get people to understand that things do take time it's not very sexy right it's not we're never going to be millionaires selling this let's have a nice time let's just build little small habits uh, it's not it's not going to cost you five thousand pounds for this magic shake package but you're going to be able to have a pizza or if you go out with the girls one night you can probably have a few cocktails and a few wines and a kebab on the way home as well and do you know what you still get some good results. So let's just enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, totally. No, oh, 100%. Moderation. So in essence, it probably New Year's resolutions bring out the worst in people entering fitness a lot of the time because it brings out the extremes. Yeah, because like, I suppose people think new year, think new me but they don't think new me six months. They don't think new me at next new year. They think new me by the end of January. Um, and a bit like <laughs> how people in the in Scotland like to enjoy a drink, we take that same mentality and apply it to health and exercise. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm having a good night. It's maybe about time I had three shots. Or I'm having a good night. It's two in the morning. I'll just keep drinking and go on to five in the morning right <laughs> it's just like everything in excess, excess. It's yep. the same exercise and, and diet you know how many times i'm sure you get as well how many times do you get somebody coming up to you and they're like right i lost a pound and a half this week but it's no good enough i want to lose two and a half next week and you're just like calm down like just seriously yeah. take a chill pip like, like you get like i i find it hilarious when i get like women getting like outwardly angry at losing half a pound you're like, Sheila, you're 11 and a half stone. If you lose a pound, like half a pound every week for 16 weeks, you're going to be a, a babe. <laughs> you're going to be a 
an absolute babe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're going to be a babe. And they're just like, no, it's not good enough. Oh, no. Six pounds doing the shake diet. You're like, fuck your pal. She's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> she's like 25 stone, so it comes off a little bit quicker. Or, or maybe she's not got maybe she's not got a period, or maybe she's weighed herself after she had a job and you didn't. Like it's just like was, there's it, so many factors that um uh, that come into play that's uh it's trying to get people to realise like if somebody says I'm only losing a pound a week and you're like, Well, that's like four stone by this time next year. Do you know how much four stone is? Like that's a I lot always, of weight. I always like to put it in in terms of like the calories they're missing out of their life. I'm yeah. like, you're missing 500 calories a day. Like you're missing a quarter of what normal people eat every day. You've just deleted that out your food so that you can get your body to yeah. chew that off you and eat it. So like losing two pounds is a thousand cal. Like that is a lot of food. Yeah. Well, depends. It's a lot. Large cal. Depends what it is, I guess. Yeah. It's a large cal. Yeah. Um, it's a large galaxy it's a um, half a actually, double up I actually bought three see like the galaxies you know like the big the big dudes that come out at Christmas mm-hmm. well yeah I um, I slept in for a session in the morning a few weeks ago um, just proves how good the community is right how it hit my my bit fit camp so I slept in I woke up at like seven I'm like oh fuck man like no I've slept in and I later found out one of the girls that comes to the fit camp just basically took the session. Like she just ran it, she just coached it. Um That's awesome. and then one of the guys that I supported her, Robert and, and Jillian. Um and so I went and bought three of these galaxies. I bought one for me and the wife, and I bought one for each of them. And we ate them all, all three of them, in the space of like a day and a half. <laughs> just just like Look at that, and I was like, looking at it, I was like, that is a thousand six hundred calories a bar. We've just knocked out three. Just that in the house. <laughs> I can't even. That's that. amazing. Such a sweet tooth. Like it's, right. it, it, I say we knocked them out. I oh, say no, I'm... the royal we. I probably ate two of them, and she. In fact, I probably ate two, two and a half of them. Like I just, I put them in the fridge. I love my chocolate in the fridge, and just every time I open mm. the fridge, you're just like, I'll have a row of that. Gone. Um, See, if you did, if you put chocolate in my fridge, it would stay for me anyway. It would stay there for months and months and months. If I open a pack, if I if I open one packet of crisps, I have twelve packets of crisps. Like crisps. I'm like proper savory, like the exact opposite side. No, I yeah. I go through like savory, like is it? It's like a phase. She's like a short term phase for a few weeks. I'll have crisps for like a few weeks, and then I'll just be like, I'm just done with them for like months and months. Like I went through a Dorito phase there for a while. Um, and I was eating like loads of Doritos and then I just, I probably won't eat an all Dorito for a, yeah. a few months now, that's me often. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, okay, so let's... Yeah. So new year, I, yeah. Since I've been talking about Sheila, right, because we're going to stick with Sheila, because, sorry, yeah. Sheila, sorry. I, I use Sheila all the time, I've got like this, Sheila that used to come to book camp, I really feel rotten. Yeah, um, I, like, I like Karen, Karen's my... Karen for the, I know, I know, but I was using Karen and then I've got a few Karens and then I just felt really awkward, so I moved to Sheila. Mm-hmm. I, I was using Jezebella for a while, but then it just <laughs> fell away. Anyway, it, doesn't, Sheila, it doesn't flow when you're writing. So, so Sheila is turning up at Jill Fitness uh, on January the 4th, right? Yep. What's happening? Like, how are you going to help Sheila in the next... Let's make it three months, right? She's like coming here for three months. You know, she's overweight. She's not exercised. Like, talk, talk, talk us through the process of like what, what you're gonna do with Sheila. 
So our process is probably, I guess it may be similar to what you do, but so we, we always bring people in for a 21 day commitment and it's only because we know it's short. Um, and a lot of the ladies we train are probably like you've explained Sheila is. So overweight, maybe not feeling great about themselves, probably absolutely cacking their pants about going to a gym. Um, so for us, it's all about like, we bring them in, we bring all the newbies in together into the room at the same time. So they don't come to a session initially, they come to like an introductory type day where we run through how we warm up, we test their mobility, we let them interact with each other a wee bit um, so, so that they can feel a wee bit more comfortable with the environment, first of all. Uh, and then we get them in, booked into the first session to come and attend the first session. But we literally say to them that day, yes, we have the nutrition ebook. Yes, we can help you with your mindset and everything else that you'll need to get really good results at your fitness. But right now, I want you to come to the sessions, two sessions a week, three sessions a week, very max, for the next two or three weeks. And then from there, then we start to build things into like what Sheila's doing. So some people are ready to like take that jump into like everything and just go right I'm changing my nutrition and I'm doing this or, or they have some experience of doing it so it's easier to fit in but for that lady who's just comes to the gym quite scared of the gym which is kind of who we train and for, at first as well just looking to build a confidence a bit um it's just about like getting them into the habit of doing something productive and then building on things as it goes and it's not as I said before it's not sexy like it's not like a it's not like a, I'm going to get you ripped in two months type program but for the average person like i mean i was going to i was going to say you know what it takes to like maintain abs all year round i certainly don't um and for the average person like they don't well, they i am um, you know I, mean? I like to always tell my clients though like i do maintain some sort of ab almost year round but it's pretty much completely and utterly genetic like i yeah. was just i did that had a bit of ab definition when I was like 14. Um, I've just, I store all my fat in my ass. Like, I just have this <laughs> same booty. Like, yep, me too. If I was a woman, I would be a pear shape. I've just got a right yeah. fat ass. I get love handles. Like, I literally can have like a bit of meat hanging off each side. My t-shirts are like stretched at the sides and I've still got a little bit of abs at the front. It's just how I store fat. Yeah. And I try and drive this home like my clients especially women right yeah many of them are like i want rid of this bit and you're like you need to get rid of all this all this <laughs> just to get rid of that bit <laughs> so do you yeah. want to put all the like the work in to get rid of all that to get that and they're like yeah and you're like okay go and do the work and they're like ah, i drank three bottles of wine <laughs> you're like well, <laughs> yeah and I, I just wanted that massive bar of galaxy. I am talk, I'm talking about like I've mainly talked about like women that are, it tends to be women, I would say, and just in general, I'm generalizing here, but like somewhere in that sort of like nine, yeah. nine stone to like 12 and a half stone range, where you know it's not that they're they're nowhere near, they're not overweight, right? They're not like depending on the height, they're not like really unhealthy here with their weight. They just scroll through Facebook and Instagram and watch too much telly and see these picture perfect bodies and they're like I want that and you're like that's not real like it doesn't exist it's been photoshopped um, she's getting all her best angles and she probably doesn't like have much <laughs> much food <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. um, and they, they like grab onto like one bit one bit of fat and like, I want to get rid of this and you're like calm down like 
you know. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, like, but you get. I read a, I read, a, I read something the other day when I was doing a bit of research about social media and stuff, and it said there's there's a hundred there's around a hundred thousand fitness influencers on Instagram, yeah, male and female, yeah, a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So if you think of a hundred thousand, you take that to the world population, it's yeah. under. Um, I think it's under zero point zero zero five percent of the world's population who look like that, and that's what all, every single person who's scrolling through these feeds is aspiring to be. And most of them, like you, just have abs or just have a big ass or just have the shoulders that they have. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they're getting paid to say this program is going to get you this and make you look exactly like me. And most of the time, it's not. So well, that's the thing. And, and a lot of the stuff we do is about even start talking. helping people just accept the 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 rife amount of steroid use. Like just everybody oh, yeah. on Instagram with a nice body is taking performance. I'm not saying everyone, but pretty much everyone yeah. is. Um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, it's crazy. Like, and lying about it. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, just the amount, amount of people that's just, just blatantly talking. Uh, I mean, it's something that makes me like... The whole social media thing for me is, I think, it's quite important. In respect. I, mean, I know we keep going back to women, and it's not because we're just wanting to like slate women here. It's because you and I both train majority of women. That's kind of where the experience lies in terms of what we, mm-hmm. who we work with. But um, the whole social media thing for me is quite sad. Like, not sad as in like, well, you're a loser. I mean, like, sad as in quite like upsetting because I can see like I've got a daughter who's five, and she's going to grow up the same way you see all the young girls now on TikTok and all these channels and Instagram whatever else and, and aspiring to be all this thing that they think that they should be their, their, their idea of perfect and all that and older women now are like that as well and it's quite sad that people can't just at one point just go do you know what I'm mean I, 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 I just like just see just aspire to be the best version of you rather than trying to aspire to be someone else all the time and it's really difficult and I, and I get it, it's difficult when if you're on your journey and you maybe feel a bit uncomfortable when you're sitting down or in a dress or, well, not, not me in a dress, obviously, but, um, or whatever you're wearing clothes-wise and then you're scrolling through and you see, like, all these perfect bodies all the time, like, it can't be healthy. Like, it can't be. And as much as people say, no, that doesn't affect me, it does. It affects them massively. Um, for and me, it's then, and I, just, and I, I don't know, I like the way things are going. I am... Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, like, I... And to back in 2017, like I love, I love training, love powerlifting, love bodybuilding, decided um, just the way my business was going, I was like, do you know what looks like the way to get business? Get in ridiculous shape, like get like shredded. <laughs> so I decided, well, I, t- I was doing powerlifting and I thought, right, I could compete in a powerlifting competition, but I won't do that well, right? Because I'm six foot three, and I'm around about 100 kilos. So I'm a big dude, but also I'm just not built for powerlifting. Like, I've got tiny wee wrists. I'm just, I'm just not, like, I'm str- I'm strong, right? But I'm just not yeah. the level of strong you need to be to win, right? Or to even place. So I was like, right, what else could I do? And I was like, bodybuilding. It's like, mm, yeah, again, I feel like, yeah, again, this is just looking at Instagram. I was like, a bit lanky. Men's physique. And anyway, so I decided to do a men's physique competition. Um, God, it was tough. Right? I spent like 22 weeks dieting. It was just brutal. Um, got down to like single body fat. And it was miserable. <laughs> like, this is what I tell folk. Like, folk are like, 
oh man, like people still say me on the seas, but it's like, you were in such good shape then. And I was like, I was miserable. Like I looked great if that's what you think looks great, right? But it was so sad. Like I just dreamt of food. I struggled to get to sleep at night. Um, if you want to talk, to, you know, if you want to be really candid, oh, I know what you're going to say <laughs> no, no sex drive. Like your libido yeah. out the window because your your body no longer produces testosterone. Because if you're literally starving yourself that hard, your body's not interested in procreating. It's not interested in having kids, right? So, so like you look great, <laughs> but you're not interested anyway, right? Um, it's a brutal experience, and yeah. you know people. Like, even me, like, I still get drawn in, bro. Like, I'm on Instagram and I'll see, like, a dude that's jacked. And I'm like, God, that looks so cool. Like, and then I think about, like, when I've done my version of it and I was like, it was horrendous, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and aspiring to to do these things, I suppose, yeah, that's social media um, has sort of driven that, especially the, the younger crowd, like more and more people wanting to, to look... To have to have the look, you know, things like Jolly Shore, Love Island, yeah. all the stuff that's on the telly, all these just like perfect folk, like perfect hair, perfect teeth, yeah. perfect bodies, perfect tan. Um, I suppose it, it feels like it's quite American. It's like we're becoming Americanized, you know. Um, yeah, and you see every single girl now, young girl, 18, 19, 20, and it's the exact same post. Instagram. In fact, I'm going to show you because I think I can do it. The booty. You know. Oh, I. Yeah. That's short. And it's like every single. And I'm like, Rick, I don't know what you're trying to achieve here. I famously did PT. I've done it. And PTs as well. I've seen it. I saw your legging shot last week. It was pretty impressive. Actually, I I had done it before and hadn't ever done a post about it because my business partner Lorraine had said to me, You should do that for a laugh. It'll be so funny. And then you walk away from the camera and it's just like a guy. But um, I saw it. Funny as in, like, but just like that aspect, like, is that, I mean, I get it. Some people want to be, want to have a nice ass. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's not. I suppose, I, I just, suppose, like, for me, I've never been one, that, I've never been like that guy that goes, like, oh, you have to be in perfect shape to be a good PT or a good coach. That's not for me. It's not, I don't believe that that's the case. Um, I think we've become obsessed. Everyone's different, aren't they? That's just... We've become obsessed. And, and we could actually talk about this in terms of business as well. I think it's a It's almost like we've become obsessed with vanity metrics in every area of our life. That's what I see. Like, people are obsessed with vanity metrics and not, like, the real metrics of life. So, like, vanity metrics being how do I look, what car do I drive, how big's my house, how nice is my house. Um as opposed to like you know how healthy am i um you know how good quality a relationship that i have my family my friends my partner all these things like because it's not sexy like it's really hard to post that on instagram be like yeah. look at like and even people who do it on instagram it comes off as a vanity metric right because it's like here's me and my stunning wife and we're out for dinner having a great time right as opposed to like because it's really difficult to show I suppose those things on social media in a picture, like it's just hard to show. Yeah. Instead, it just becomes about how it looks and not really about the real, uh, the real stuff of it. And that's the, it's the same with fitness. Like even yeah. people who get into fitness, when we're talking about New Year's resolution, people get uh, obsessed with the vanity metrics, like how much weight have you lost? How much weight am I losing? How much is my body changing? Instead of like 
how much am I enjoying the process of actually improving my health and fitness? How much am I enjoying exercise this time? Um, how much can I see myself doing this for more than six weeks? Um, how good is it to be building relationships with people outside the realms of alcohol, for example, right? <laughs> That's something that people sometimes get when they come to probably your, your uh, group training as well. Yeah, like, definitely. Building social relationships with folk and having like yeah. fun with people without just getting pissed, right? <laughs> like, um, and having a sort of sense of purpose outside of work, outside of family, inside this community where they're exercising and so on and so forth. And that's not a vanity metric. You can't take a picture of that and be like, "Woo, this looks amazing. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I suppose next year, that's what, what people need to focus on. Stop focusing on vanity metrics. Stop focusing on the front of yeah. house and start focusing on the back end. You know? So when people say to me, what is the most important thing that you do at dual fitness the word that I always uses community you said it there and it's the word that I always use because i was i think this this whole situation is just proven to us and probably to you as well like our members have stuck by us for the last 10 months and a lot of the time we've been closed and yes we've delivered online services and stuff like that but even myself and like like i i, I didn't want to I, I train at a different gym i don't want to log into my gym that i train at on zoom and do a workout i just can't be asked like it's not i can't be asked sitting on my computer and getting the equipment and sweating all over my nice white carpet and everything else. But people have stuck by us. And they've stuck by us because, not because you do good workouts or your program's fucking awesome. Like, no one really cares how good your programming is or how you look or whatever else. It's how they feel when they come through your doors um, and, and what they get from it. And people always say to us, like, what they get the most is the friendship, the community, the camaraderie, the fact that it feels like everyone's in it together. Like, no one's better than anyone else. And, um, I think that's really important and you don't get that from a lot of gyms but it is, I'm starting to see it now that we're moving away from the big box mentality and a lot of the small independent gyms are popping up like that community now is becoming more and more apparent which is then slowly changing people's mindset to the unsexy way of thinking about diet and thinking about training and that it's going to be we're in it for the long haul and it all kind of goes hand in hand um, because they become part of something and they want to stay part of something they have fun, like you said, they build relationships with people and they slowly start to get results as well and start to come around to that thinking that it is going to be a long-term process, but it's going to be fun because then they start to make friends and they have nights out and they have, oh, well, they have nights in like my groups just now have, um, but the relationships they build is so much more important in the gym these days than just about, oh, I'm going to go there because they do a really good bikini program or whatever that may be you know what I mean I don't know. Good leg fest. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've got a really good machine yeah, I, I always it blows my mind when people go just got this great new machine it's cost 10 grand and I'm like oh, wow like really and 10 grand on, like on the structure of looking after folk and serving yeah, look after them or just give it to them <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think that's really important and I think a lot of people do it really well now as well especially in Ayrshire um, there's like almost every small independent gym has like an amazing community and like even you although you're not in a premises as such like you have a community of people that all bond together and work really well together that comes across on your social media I know you said that you can't really take a picture of that but it does come across awesome um, no, I'm, I'm glad I'm, that's what I try to put across uh, but yeah. I, I do think it's it definitely feels more than you can see it in a picture. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, yeah. for example, you can really see when someone's shredded to the bone <laughs> in a picture. You're like, that guy yeah. <laughs> has got veins 
that you shouldn't be normally able to see all over his body. Mm. Um, whereas like a picture of a community, you can kind of show it, but you, it's, it's, a feeling, it's a feeling of like comfort. It's a feeling yeah. of connectedness, right? Not in a <laughs> weird way, right? Like people are like in it, <laughs> in it together, right? It's, it's that moment yeah. when like the sweat is dripping off your face, you're doing burpees, and you look over to the other person and they look at you know like fucking hell this is hard the coach is putting this through a heavy gift today and then someone cracks a joke and everyone starts laughing it's that it's those tiny little moments yep. um, that really make mm-hmm. make it so yeah, I think it's important just to wrap up today because I think like <laughs> we've just went for ages but it's really been uh, awesome talking to you Drew um, what what is what is to sort of come from dual fitness Right, I know that obviously it's a very uncertain period. We don't know what's happened, but what would you like to see happen next year? What do you see, you know, long term? Um, you doing at Joe Fitness, and then lastly, just to kind of finish up, where can people find you? How could people reach out to you if, if maybe they've, they've got a bit of interest in, in what you do? Um, awesome. and where, where do you um, as well, actually. So go for it, man. Yeah, so we are located in the Olympic Business Park in Dundonald. Um, which is officially in South Ayrshire, but I'm pretty sure we're right next to Irvine. And I'm also pretty, and we also have a command phone number, which is really bizarre. But we're literally like right in the middle of Ayrshire, so we are next <laughs> yeah, to Troon, like Troon Drybridge, Dreadcon, Irvine, Kilmarnock, Crosshouse, like right smack dab in the in the middle. Which, um, um, yeah, so it's a great location if you drive, working at literally a short drive between a lot of different places. Our kind of aim next year, I guess, is probably the same of a lot of other gyms, like to get back to where we were at. We're, we're not doing too badly we will be okay some gyms won't be okay which is sad um just because of the way the situation has been but we will be okay um and as soon as we are ready to open we'll be back um with a, a brand new program um what we do is mostly like small group strength and conditioning work we do a lot of one-to-ones and small group semi-private stuff as well but our, our sort of bread and butter is groups of sort of eight to twelve people strength conditioning um Lots of sort of really good coaching and, and on a personal level as well, um, and we just kind of see that growing when we're finally allowed to reopen. and And I guess we're probably going to be outdoors for a while, and like all our gyms are a bit of zoom and a bit online and stuff like that as well. But yeah, you can get us on Facebook, uh, Joe Fitness Scotland. You'll get us on Instagram, Joe Fitness, um, and yeah, follow through one of our forms, and I'll pester you with emails every single day for about. A year until you decide, ah, oh, this guy's annoying me now. I want to get off his email list, or I'm going to go and join his gym because I like what he's saying. Um, but yeah, we just like to help people. We do our best. We haven't done a lot of um, like outward social media during the whole COVID thing at all. Like we literally just made a decision that our sole focus was just on our members who are paying us. Um, they're paying a good amount of money every month, and we wanted literally purely to focus on them. Um, we will. We'll be taking on new people in the new year, probably near the February time. But right now, our focus is purely on serving who have been there for us and stood by us in the last few months at the same time. Yeah, so which is awesome. So yeah, but we're not going anywhere. We also have a charity as well. So um, myself and one of our coaches, we founded the Joe Fitness Foundation. So we have a charity based around um, young people's mental health. So we run a we run a six month program for young people. We've got sixteen young people from Irvine um, on the program just now. So it's basically helping kids who are suffering from uh, depression, self harm, maybe going through some bullying issues. Um, and just helping them think a bit better and see a future and 
um, sort of developed that through health and fitness and building bonds with other young people as well, which is really cool. And then kind of long term, looking at branching out moves for us to step away from the business and, and drop our dual fitness somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Especially, especially awesome. <laughs> yeah. about the charitable work that you do. Yeah. Because I, I do, I think. And you can find, find out more about that as well on the uh, on Facebook again, the Joe Fitness Foundation. You'll find out more about what we do on there as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. I've got a great team in there of professionals who do all the work in there. So well, that's amazing. Like giving giving back, like his that's the highest highest thing I think you can you can achieve once once you've you've got some success in your business is to give back yeah. to the community. You know what I mean? That you're your business is built from it's an amazing thing to be able to do so yeah man that's that's exactly um awesome we'll we'll wrap it up there i hope that our rambling for for the past hour has been entertaining um and i'll speak about new year's resolutions (laughs) i think we managed this as we fit it in a wee bit as i say it's like two two chaotic people put together just (laughs) going down all the channels um but i think hopefully we drummed in the idea that it's it's all about patience it's all about finding out what you enjoy and, you know, both of us big proponents of, of community. You know, if you can get involved with the community and get yourself intertwined in it, then you will get much better results much more consistently. Uh, and that's it for me. Uh, if you want to follow myself, it's Andrew Banks on Instagram. Why is it Andrew Banks? Because Andrew Banks was taken and so was Andy. So it was Andrew. <laughs> and, and also uh, Andy Banks Fitness on facebook cheers for listening folks and if this comes out before christmas and you're to listen to it have an amazing christmas and if it's after christmas i hope you had an amazing christmas have an awesome new year and i'm out catch you later